Welcome to another episode of the Backcheck, the Hockey History Podcast, where we evaluate players' cases for the Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm Riley. I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Thanks. And today with the class of 1979, uh, which includes uh, a variety of players, unlike the 80 class that was mostly like were like semi on the fence. We have sort of a fence sitter, uh, a probable, fairly close to all time great. Certainly, someone who's got enough of a record that, um, uh, yeah, enough of a record that, uh, yeah, I think I think he has to be. And then we have, um, you know, the uh, uh, who Bill and I think is the greatest hockey player of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's an interesting class. Uh, so they those players are Harry Howell, Henri Richard, and Bobby Orr, and we are going to start. Um, with the one we, the argue the one who has the most uh, controversial case, and that is Harry Howell, infamously, the last person to win the Norris before Bobby Orr started winning what eight in a row. Uh-huh. So there's a theme, and I believe there is a famous quote somewhere. I didn't bother to look it up. I'm sorry to say, uh, where Harry Howell supposedly it might be apocryphal, but Harry Howell supposedly was asked about his. Norris Trophy win or something, and said, "Well, I'm just happy to have won it because I have a feeling there's another player in this league who's going to win a bunch of them." And he was talking about <laughs> Bobby Orr. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I also didn't look it up because I've I've heard that story a bunch. So Howell played a really long time. He played from '52 to '73, uh, so 21 seasons, all quality. And uh, when he 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 did play uh, in the WHA also uh, briefly for three seasons at the very tail end of his career, uh, but. But before that, when he went to the WHA in 1973, he was the 20th defenseman all-time in goals, the 9th defenseman all-time in assists, and the 10th defenseman all-time in points. So top 10 offensive player points, at least among defensemen. However, he was also a minus 152. Now, it's worth noting that much of that minus was not known to Hall of Fame voters when he was inducted in 1979 for the simple reason that uh, the league stats began in 1967-68 when he was very near the end of his career with the Rangers, and he has a minus 77 for his career with the Rangers, whereas he is a uh, minus 39 with the Kings and a minus 36 with the uh, Golden Seals, Oakland Seals. So, it's, he was actually also, I believe, a plus player. Um, he was plus 14 in his final two seasons with the Rangers. So when the Hockey Hall of Fame inducted him, he was plus four well, with the Rangers. And then minus 30, you know, minus 80 or minus 77, um, 75, sorry, with the two other teams. And they could just say, oh, he's expansion teams. Of course, he's he was a plus yeah. player. However, we now have records going back to 1959. And he is minus 77 for the Rangers. Uh, who knows about the first seven or eight years of his career, seven years of his career. So I just wanted to point that out uh, because it now sounds terrible because it was the second worst among all defenders at his retirement. But we know that now. We didn't know that um, at the time. Oh, they didn't know that at the time. And also, it's worth noting that if we ever do get records back to 1952, maybe that changes it too. He was also... <laughs> Third all-time in games played his retirement and fir- first the first defenseman. So he'd play more games than any other defenseman, and that pretty much guaranteed, I think, putting him in the Hall of Fame, right? He'd been yeah. retired for six years at this point, and he was the all-time leader 
at least to his retirement in games played among the defensemen. He uh, was also 13th all-time among defensemen in point shares of his retirement, so noticeably a lot less than he should be given he was first in games played. At his departure to the WHA, he was 8th all-time in defensive point shares as well, uh, and 21st all-time among defensemen in offensive point shares. Um, he obviously wouldn't qualify for uh, our per-game leaderboards. However, um, if we like lower the requirements at his uh, trip to the WHA, um, I think I said WHL a minute ago, WHA, uh, he was 23rd all-time um, among defensemen in goals per game, 11th all-time among defensemen in assists per game, and 11th all-time in points per game. Uh, we have lowered those qualifiers. Uh, he would only qualify for assists normally. Of the 12D to play in at least 820 games between 1952 and 1953, he's 4th in goals, 7th in goals per game, 6th in assists, 8th in assists per game, 6th in points, 7th in points per game, Second last in plus minus, seventh in offensive point shares, fourth in defensive point shares, seventh in point shares, and first in games played. So certainly given that he's played the most games, it's kind of surprising he's lower down in the point share department. Also, it's worth noting that for his career, he's you know ninth in assists, but he's sixth in assists for his era. So much of the many of the people he was behind in terms of the all-time list played at a similar point that, as he did. His 82 game average is 25 points and minus nine. So not great. It's a three-year peak, uh, 34 points uh, minus two in 70 games. And that's between 65 and 68. So again, doesn't look super great. Defensive defenseman, but also a minus. No idea how many minutes he played. In playoffs, he scored uh, six points in 38 games and was a minus 38. Keep in mind, of course, that minus only covers half of his career. Um, or sorry, slightly more than, slightly less than, you know, something more than half of his playoff career. Um, of the 81 players who play in at least 20 playoff games between 52 and 73, he's, tw- uh, sorry, 81 defensemen. He's 28th in goals, 53rd in points, and second last plus minus uh, 62nd assists. So not great. But again, not an offensive player necessarily. Uh, the adjustment for error from Hockey Reference bumps him up two points to 27 points per 82 games. Uh, he doesn't qualify for versus X, obviously, the, the hockey form adjustment, because you need to actually score. There are two trades <laughs> in his entire NHL career. He was traded at 36 to the uh, Golden Seals for cash from the Rangers. And two years later, at 38, he was traded to the Kings for cash. So no two trades at the tail end of his career. Clearly, the Rangers liked him enough to hold on to him for most of his career um, and then traded for nothing at the end. Um, WHA, he played for three seasons, I guess maybe two are quality, 43 points in 170 games, but plus 32. So that's that's an improvement. Uh, though I will say that we only have two of those three seasons because the WHA being the WHA didn't record goal differential in their first season, even though the NHL did his playoff numbers are one point, excuse me, one point in some games plus one. So the only thing about that resume would get him in the Hall of Fame is the being first all time among defensemen in games played, I think. However, he won a Norris in 1967. And he also that season finished top five in heart voting. If you're curious, the Rangers, who he was on, uh, swept in the first round of the playoffs 
Um, but we're, you know, at least a playoff team because, of course, we know uh, that sometimes Rangers nominated for the heart back then. Yeah, just you know, does. Not on playoff <laughs> teams. Um, so, yeah. So did he deserve the Norris? Well, in many, many years ago, I wrote a long blog about who should have won the Norris, and I would have picked Pelot uh, that year, personally. Um, but it's not like he had the worst case. Um, the voting, uh, if I could find it. Oh, it's not. Why is it not going to let me find the ex specific year? So 67. Uh, give me a second. <laughs> so, it's just the way it goes sometimes, eh? Yeah. Uh, Harry Howell, he had uh, 34 point, basically 35% of the vote with 79 first place votes and 34 second place votes. Pelote had 32 first place and 63 second place and had 29%. Bobby Orr was in third. Bobby Orr had a, Bobby Orr played uh, like absolutely not enough that year. He played, uh, I'm trying to find. He didn't play that many games, I'm pretty sure. Doesn't say, but... Um, and then Tim Horton finished fourth, um, and J.C. Trombley finished fifth. So I think Pelote's the best. A case there, Bobby Orr was 18. Anyway, um, still, it's not like super... I, I don't know that you can quibble that much about it. Um, I yeah. think Pelote was yeah. a better choice, but it's not one of those egregious ones. And it's worth noting that Howell finished top five one other time in 64. However, that season, he was a minus nine um, and scored 36 points. So, yeah. Um, he made one first-team All-Star, which was the year that he won the Norse, and he played in seven All-Star games. Um, he was uh, a top five defensive player by point shares once, and that is the year he won the Norse, and only twice uh, in his career. He obviously had no offensive accomplishments, and uh, he never made it past the first round in the NHL uh, playoffs, and he never made it past the first round in the WHA playoffs, though he did play for the Mariners at one point, which is funny. Um, so this one, this is one of those guys who the part of me that when I was younger wanted a more open Hall of Fame would absolutely be like, sure, one time all-time leader in games played by by at his position and one in Norris, but like his career otherwise is quite um you know, super illustrious, right? Like yeah, and, and now that you're now that you're a crotchety old man like me and you want to be a gatekeeper, you don't want him in. <laughs> yeah, I mean like I I I think that like it's it's I don't know. I mean one major award, one first team all-star, never advanced out of the first round minus a ton yeah. as a defenseman um you know i don't really care that he briefly led you know uh you know uh was a uh, career leader in games played his position it was a time and that was constantly changing people were getting healthier yeah. and playing longer and longer um i don't know uh i would say i've got i've got to say that like nothing you've said about him so far has really impressed me yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 really hard to like get super excited about a player like this. Yeah. Um, I think also you could definitely say like, depending on your idea of the Norris, like um, Pelote's like season might have been better. Um, let me just pull it back up again and read out their stats. So Howell, um, twelve goals, 
28 assists for 40 points plus four. Pilot, uh, no idea how many games. They for some reason they don't say the number of games here. Pilot, six goals, 46 assists, 52 points, plus 54. Oh my. Now, now he was on the Blackhawks with Bobby Hall and Stan Makita, but still. Yeah, still. You know, yeah, Bob, you would, so maybe they're just like, well, he piled up a bunch of assists. Yeah. But you know, how could you not on that team? Blah 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 blah. You yeah. know, and yeah, yeah. This guy sort of did it on a team where eh, like Howell never scored more than seven goals the rest of his career, too. What was the total? 12? 12. Yeah. So I, back then it was a lot for a defenseman, right? So, but yeah. even then, right? Like you have one great season, one good, okay, really good season in your whole career. And that's enough to get you into the hall, like just because you played forever. Like, yeah. I don't know that that's the guy we should be putting in the hall. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I absolutely agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's It doesn't, I, I think he's, I think this is one of those where you're just like, like there's so many other people you should have been thinking about first, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. All right. So next we have Henri Richard, who um, uh, is biggest claim to fame. Second biggest claim to fame is being the brother of Maurice Richard. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> the biggest claim to fame, I think for anyone who is aware of him is that he won 11 Stanley Cups. <laughs> the, the most as a player. The most as a player. A record never to be beat. <laughs> yes. Uh, the most as a player uh, by, I think, at least one, if not two. Um, Beliveau won I like nine or ten. I can't remember. Didn't Beliveau have... I think Beliveau had ten as a player and like three as a yeah. person on the team, most. but maybe it was fewer than that and then more as a... Like, yeah. I, I know I mean, Beliveau has his name on it the most, but... Yes, he does. Um um, let me see. I'm seeing if I can pull it up. Uh, just um, a, a player. There we go. It's got to be like other Habs from that era too, right? Yeah. Like nobody else won enough cups. Yeah. So it's so it is. Uh, yeah, Belvo is ten as a player. So does Cornway. Uh, and then Provost has nine. Maurice Richard has eight. Reg Kelly has eight. Lemaire has eight, and Savard has eight. That's a lot of cups. Yeah, it is a yeah. lot of cups. Like, like he, he so, actually needs uh, an extra. Even if he puts rings on his thumb, he still needs to put one on the toe. Yeah, he does. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, that's an insane number. I, I agree. I agree. It's it is an absolutely insane number. All and right. he has one of the best uh, one of the best nicknames in hockey history, the Pocket Rocket. Uh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, um, he was yeah. smaller than his uh, smaller than his brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the pocket rocket. Yeah. Um, nickname, yeah. He was he did play before my time in my defense. Oh, growing up in Montreal, you you pick up a lot of the lore, even if you're yeah. even yeah, if you're not yeah. a Habs fan, it's like inescapable. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so uh he played from fifty one to seventy five, so you know, slightly longer than uh, Howell did. Um I, I have 20 seasons. So did he take off? But let me check this for a second. Or oh, sorry, 55 to 75. Why well, have 51? Slightly shorter than how the I don't know why I have 55. Uh 51, sorry. Um when he retired in 75, he was 15th all-time in goals, seventh all-time in assists, and tenth all-time in points. He was also plus 243, which was somehow only 12th all-time in his retirement. <laughs> 
and I should note misses about 257 games at the beginning of his career, but I'm sure he would just be plus 300 or something yeah. like that. He was 11th all time in games played, 22nd all time in point shares. Keep in mind, this is a guy who was a pass first player. Point shares favor um, goals. He was 18th all time in offensive point shares. He was sixth all time in defensive point shares among forwards. Also, in per game stats, he was 13th all time in assists per game and 12th all, or sorry, 24th all time in points per game. Um, so, you know, um, not the, the hugest offensive uh, producer of all time, but among the better ones, anyway. Uh, of his era, um, he of the 26 skaters to play in at least 12 modern seasons between 55 and 75, he's 11th in goals and 11th in goals per game, which doesn't sound great, but 6th in assists, 5th in assists per game, 9th in points, 9th in points per game, 4th in plus minus, 9th in offensive point shares. Keep in mind, of course, he is a passer. Uh, the first or second uh, forward in defensive point shares, depending on how you feel about Doug Moans. Um, the 10th ten, in point shares and 4th in games played. His 82-game average is only 68 points plus 16, but of course he was playing partially, mostly in the original six era. And his three-year peak, 57 to 60, is a 70-game average of 71 points plus seven. However, his best three seasons are six seasons apart. So as usual, when we do that three-year peak, it's kind of gets skewed sometimes when the player's best seasons are a few years apart. And his are, um, his best ever season is in 58. His second best season is in 63. And his you know, um, he's got a couple best seasons in the mid-60s, too. Playoffs-wise, he was 10th all-time in playoff goals at his retirement, despite being a passer. He, but he was 4th all-time um, in assists. And actually, I, for some reason, I didn't write down who those people ahead of him were. Um, presumably, at least some of them were Habs and probably Gordie Howe. Sounds about right. He was also tied for 4th most in playoff points. Um he was plus 21. He was also first all-time in playoff games at his retirement, which makes sense for someone who won 11 Cups. He's not in the top 25 in per-game stats at his retirement, which you know makes sense because he's also the, per, uh, the playoff game leader at his retirement. Of the 52 skaters to play in at least 82 playoff games between 55 and 75, he's 7th in goals, but 20th in goals per game. Third in assists, but 19th in assists per game. Third in points, but 18th in points per game. Ninth in playoffs plus minus. And, of course, first in games by 28, which is, you know, more than a, a playoff, uh, more than a cup-winning run at his retirement. Um, so, yeah, uh, lots of good totals, but the per game is, of course, hurt by the fact that he played forever and was not, you know, not a star at his, you know, in the last few years when he was in his late 30s. The hockey reference adjustment for era bumps him up plus three to 74 points per 82 games. He's obviously not in the top 25 in per game um, adjusted per game stats. However, we raise the qualifier to 1230 games. He's 24th all time in adjusted assists per game uh, versus X. He is 20th all time in assists um, total. He is not in the top 25 in uh 
per game stats. However, you raise the qualifier to only 820 games, he's 18th all time in versus X adjusted assists. And if you raise the qualifier to 1230 games, he's somehow 25th all time in versus X adjusted goals per game, eighth all time in assists per game, and 12th all time in points per game. Bill, you and I are both shocked to learn he was never traded. Um, he was top five in heart voting twice. He was also top five in Calder voting. I'm curious to see who he lost to. He lost to Glenn Hall and Andy Hebenden, who is a name I vaguely remember hearing about, but I couldn't tell you anything about him. I've never he heard 20, that name in my life. And he was, he was 26, that guy. Anyway, wow. uh, yeah. So when he, losing out to Glenn Hall, who is, you know, one of the best couple goalies of all time, uh, that, that's okay. He also won the Masterton. Uh, he was a first-team All-Star only once, um, but he was a second-team second All-Star three times. Top 10 player by offensive uh, by total point shares three times in 58, 60, and 63. He was a top five offensive player in, in two of those years in 58 and 60, and he was a top 10 player seven times. Of course, it's worth noting, top 10 offensive player, that he is, as I said before, a pass-first player. These metrics favor goal scorers. Still, he was top five in goals once, top five in goals per game once. Um, he was one of only 21 players at his retirement to score 20 goals nine times. He also led the league in assists three times. Is that really three times? It was, oh, twice. Sorry, twice. Um, and he was he led the league in APG twice as well as this per game. Um, in terms of points, he was uh, he was top five uh, three times and top ten like seven times. Um, and points per game, uh, let me just look here. Where is it? He's, uh, he was top five once and top 10, like nine times. Um, I forgot to look up how many, uh, times his 50 points, he scored 50 points, uh, 14 times, which I think was probably among the most ever at his retirement. I will have to, up I will update that for the notes when I post it live. Um, basically he, uh, you know, he was very consistent. He was never, he'd never had that one, you know, he never scored more than 80 points. Um, of course, he did this mostly during the original six, so that's not that weird, but he was very consistent. You know, he played for 20 years and he had 50 points 14 times in a league that was often 70 games, uh, 70 games a season. So, the last thing we get to, the thing that just, you know, basically solidifies his case, um, makes it basically impossible to to think about um, not, to think about, like, not putting him in, is uh, the ridiculous number of cups he won. He, he started winning cups in his first season in the league in 55, 56. Uh, and he won all the way through 73. And um, he was only the best, uh, you could argue, the best player once, and that is in 1960, um, when he had 12 points in eight games. And uh, that beat out, uh, well, actually, sorry, it tied uh, Boom Boom Jeffrey. Uh, so, you know, you could argue, but he outscored him in terms of goals, weirdly. And, uh, well, actually, Jacques Plon had a really good playoff. So I guess you could say best skater. Um, otherwise, he was he was not, you know he he played behind Bellevue, I believe, for much of his career, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yes. 
other guy was his top line center, and he was he was the second line. Center. Yeah, and and uh, he just uh, you know, um, let's see about in fifty five. Um, who was the center in fifty five? It was Belvo. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's kind of one of these weird careers where here's a guy who was the second line center for the most successful hockey team in history. And he just was that for forever. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, but like, I think it's one of those things too, right? Like if you look at a guy like Evgeny Malkin, right? Yeah. You look at his career. Like, I think for sure he's a hall of famer, Yeah. but he's stuck behind Crosby his whole career. Like yeah. it's yep. like, it's a good thing for him, but at the same time, every time that Crosby's been out, he like elevates his game. And you're like, holy shit, that guy's amazing. Yeah. And it's like, he just, you know, kind of like, uh, I don't want to say his name because I think he's such a douche, but uh, it's like Messier behind Gretzky, right? When he finally got a yeah. chance to be the number one center, like, oh, he's totally capable of that. Yeah. Like, he's a good enough player to play one center and be maybe not as dominant, but really, really good at it. Like, okay. So, I mean, if he's stuck behind Bellyville, Bellyville's arguably a top five center of all time. So, yeah. Yep. You know, like, yeah, yeah, you can't penalize him for it, especially like why would you leave? Especially, first of all, in the original six, you weren't going anywhere, but it's even once if you it, were uh, good, you weren't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. and and he, yes, he's also French, yeah, so it's like why would you, why could you, you couldn't expect him to go no, somewhere else to want more playing more. time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when they, when they when they use that like old expression, like hockey is like a religion in Montreal, like yeah. in those days, it was really true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he definitely, it's, it, it, you can never know what would have happened had he, had he been drafted, drafted, he wasn't drafted, had he been signed, somehow found his way to a different hockey team yeah. other than the Habs. But given that that didn't happen, you know, here he's gone on, he has the most cups ever. It is just hilarious. I honestly, looking at his hockey reference, you should just go look at his hockey reference plays while you're listening to this and just look at the, the SC in the playoffs, just like, you know, five in a row, then like a period of like four years where they don't win one, then two, then a year off, then three more, then a year off, then another one. <laughs> and then poor guy didn't win any in his last two goes around. And it's just like, it's just like, it's ridiculous. It's like going to look at Gresky's page and looking at the black ink and just being like, why? There's so much black ink, it's almost hurting my eyes, you know? Um, yeah. It's just insane, and, you know, you can't, you, you might want to say, okay, yeah, he's a second-line center, or you say he didn't, he never, you know, beyond leading the league in assists a couple of times, he was never really dominant, whatever. He won 11 Cups, and he was regularly, even though he was a second-line center, he was regularly among the top um, scorers on those teams in the playoffs. Yeah, 100%. It's I, I think too, like certain players. I I, th I think that Malkin and Malkin and like Messi analogies too. It's like it's not that they couldn't do it; it's that their team needed them to be the second line center. Yeah, yeah. Like he could have had you know uh, twenty more points a year being the number one center. That's yeah. not what a team needed him to do. Yeah, yeah. You know that that kind Absolutely. of thing, right? So yeah, I agree. I don't think somebody should be punished for being like really great second line centers when yep. you know they could have been a number one on you know almost every team in the league except for that one, they shouldn't be punished because an all-time great was in front of them, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, Bella was probably a top five center all time. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I, I think easily for me, I, I, we'll see when we get to our centers list, but it's, yeah. I, I yeah, think I, I had him at number four. I think I had, yeah, him at four, I don't but. remember where I have him, but it's probably top five. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to, um, Bobby Orr. Um, who? <laughs> who has a, a preposterous, preposterous, preposterous resume. Um, not quite Gretzky level preposterous, but like close. So Bobby Orr, of course, played only 12 seasons and only nine of them. We can judge quality. He, he missed a lot of time. And the reason he didn't play longer, you know, he had well, a, it, it, it's interesting that you say that because this is the class of 79, right? Yeah. Like yeah, he retired he, he, in seventy. He played that year, but I believe he played eight. Was it eight games for the Hawks? Six games. Six games. Six games. There you go. Not, not even eight games. Yeah. That's how that's how hurt he was. But they yeah. adopted him immediately because yes. Bobby Orr. Yeah, because there there have been like only a few players in history: Lemieux, uh, Gretzky, uh, or I think Belvo actually, um, and a few others. And yeah. uh, it's an exceptional. And, you know, it's like it's so good. They're like, yeah, we're putting in. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, obviously, it made sense because like. Basically, the debate when he retired, the debate between okay, so the players are Dick Clapper, who was the all-time games leader when he retired, the Clapper, yeah, Rocky Richard, Ted Lindsay, uh, Red Kelly, Terry Sawchuk, Belvo, Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr, Mario Lemieux, and Gretzky. That's so pretty damn good list. Yeah. So <laughs> only two players since or only two players have been automatically inducted immediately, and those are Lemieux and Gretzky. And honestly, I mean. I don't know if anyone will be now, but it would be Crosby or Ovechkin or McDavid, right? Those are the oh, only possible. Uh, I, I would say maybe Crosby and Ovechkin both, especially if Ovechkin breaks the goals record. Yeah, yeah. They might both get that treatment. Because yeah. Yager didn't even get it. So I guess he's Yager might be yeah. playing pro yeah, somewhere. Yeah, he, he left like, for a bunch too, right? Yeah. Like he could, I think he could have broken, uh, he could have finished, he did finish second all time, didn't he? He got past Messier. Yeah. Yeah. But like if he had stayed for those like, what was three years he was, was in the cage? It was three years. It was three years, yeah. And that was like he was he wasn't in his prime prime, but he wasn't that far removed either. Like he'd yeah. probably have another three, but he still wouldn't have caught Gretzky. Gretzky's ridiculous, but still, like yeah. he he would have but yeah, I mean so far to reach that he's number two forever. Yeah. I uh I have no idea. Um I doubt anyone I think this is one of those things where like these people are all sacred cows and like the establishment will just like balk at the idea of doing it ever again unless somebody does something Gretzky esque, but that's just me. I don't um, know. Crosby's You're right though. If Ovechkin breaks the goals record, then they kinda have to. And I think they might for Crosby as well, because he's man, like th- three cups, gold medals, like big goals, uh, like I, I, I don't know. I, I think old, you should never underestimate the stubbornness of old men. That's true. Um, That's yeah. true. But anyway, so yeah, Bobby Orr was inducted <laughs> immediately. Uh, and at his retirement, um, he was first all time uh, in goals by a defenseman. He was, he was, uh, he is now the seventh defenseman all time. It's wow. worth noting that when he retired, he had over a hundred more goals than the next defenseman. And I think that was probably Red Kelly or somebody. So not someone who played defense his whole career. I don't, yeah. I didn't write that down. Um, he was also first all time in assists by a defenseman and he's currently 13th. And at his retirement, he was ahead of the next person by over 200 assists which is just a preposterous number given that he played for 12 years and the and, last and we, he played yeah like 
It's not really 26 games. For, yeah. Season, he, right? Yeah. He played. Yes. He played 26 games for the Blackhawks over two seasons. And, and, and like, like, let's be honest from 72 onwards, he was hurt yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. He played, like, he played 60 is 630 games for the, the Bruins over uh, 10 seasons. And, you know, some of those seasons were 80 game seasons, right? So he yeah. didn't, he did not play the full, in fact, all, but I think the, everything except for the first two were like 76 or more. So he definitely missed, you know, he only played, he played 80 games once weirdly in 75. Um, anyway. Uh, I, I, I do know also like if anybody's going to like sort of be like, Oh, he was injured at the end of his career, but his number is like, no, no, no. Like he missed the 72 Canada cup series. Like he didn't play in the summit series because he was hurt. Like he was hurt that early because everybody took him out at the knees because there's yeah. no other way to stop him. Yeah. So uh, he he did this. Uh, sorry, he was also first all time in uh, points by a defenseman. Obviously, uh, he was he is now eleventh only. Um, and when he retired, he was ahead by two hundred and ninety nine points ahead of the next player. Again, that might be Red Kelly, so it might even be cheating. He might have been a further ahead. Um, he was a he's plus five hundred eighty two, which is still second all time behind Larry Robinson. He was first all time in his retirement, obviously, and he was ahead by over a hundred, or sorry, by nearly a hundred. So Larry Robinson had yet to get to the plus seven or hundred or whatever he is. Uh, he did this all in only six hundred and fifty-seven games. Um, he was uh, third all time uh, in point shares at his retirement, despite playing only six hundred fifty-seven games, and he was first. Uh, at his retirement, he was behind Howe and I don't know who else. Probably Esposito. I don't. Um, I didn't write down their name for some reason. Uh, I should write myself a note there. Um, he was. He is currently ninth all time in offensive point shares uh, among defensemen. He is uh, crazily. He was the eleventh skater all time in offensive point shares. So that's that's hard to so I don't know if anyone can really fully grasp what that means. He was eleventh all time in offensive point shares despite being a defenseman in the history of the NHL at his retirement. He was also the first D and he was ahead of Red Kelly by over thirteen, which is well over uh um you know, is is a very good season. He was ahead of Dick Clapper, who also played time at forward by over twenty three, and he was ahead of Brad Park, who was the real defenseman um, behind him by nearly forty offensive point shares, which is just many positive, like good seasons. He was also fourteenth all time in def- he is sorry, uh, he's fourteenth all time in defensive point shares at his retirement. I think I got a yeah, yeah, because he's sixty fourth now. Okay, per game. Um, he is third all-time in assists per game uh, behind only Gretzky and Lemieux. And he's the first defenseman by 0.17. So that's like a sixth of an assist per game ahead of uh, the next guy, who is Paul Coffey, I believe. Yeah. Uh, who of and course- like, we've got we to gotta pause and comment for errors there too, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, he at the time I did these notes, he was fifth all time in points per game behind Gretzky, Lemieux, Bossy, and McDavid. Um, now I don't know where McDavid is now because I haven't checked since I did these notes. Um, 
but he was uh, the first defenseman by 0.3. So that's a third of a point per game ahead of Paul Coffey, um, which is a ton. And again, Bill, your caveat of era or yeah. played in a lower scoring era than and, Paul and, Coffey did. And I, I think it's interesting to say too, like you can't, <clears throat> You can't say, oh, we played on a really good team because those Bruins were, they didn't win as many cups, but they were a wrecking crew, right? Like, they yeah. destroyed the league. So, uh, yeah. you can't, like, point to just how good the team was, but the era is, like, man, like, it's not even comparable, right? Yeah. So, also among defensemen, Bobby Orr remains the, uh, the all time leader in goals per game, again, by a really high number, 0.12. Wow. This is again above Paul Coffey, I believe. 0. 0.12 being, you know, that like, is, I don't know, an eighth. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, an eighth of a goal per game or something. Of the 78 skaters, because we're doing skaters here, because just like Ray Bork, we can't, we can't put him in his defense class because if no, we just do defensemen, he's going to be ahead of everybody by too much. Of the 78 skaters who play in at least 656 games or eight modern seasons between 66 and 79, and I put it, I did it all the way up to 79. If I wanted to be charitable, I could have done it to, you know, 75 um, when he, his last full healthy season. But I included, I included the bad years and he still looks amazing. <laughs> um, he was 17th in goals. He was the first defenseman by over 100 goals. He was tied eighth in goals per game among defensemen, or sorry, among skater forwards, I mean. Um, and the only defenseman to qualify for that leaderboard in that period, he was second in assist, but first D by roughly 180 assists. My God. He's first in assist per game among all skaters, including forwards, and ahead by 0.22, which is uh, slightly more than a fifth of an assist per game, which is just ridiculous. He was fourth in points, but the first defenseman by almost 300 points. We're talking about a sample of 656 games. That's nearly half a point. You know, it's just crazy. Um, first in, tied at first in points per game with, with a Ford. I don't remember who, but it would be Lafleur or uh, actually 66 to 79. It would probably be Esposito. Um, first in plus minus by nearly 100. Second in offensive point shares, but first by a defenseman by nearly double the point shares of the next player who would be, I believe, is Park. Um because they don't, pot fan and him don't overlap enough. Uh, second in defensive point shares, I, I think probably behind Park, and first in point shares among all players. His 82 game average is 114 points and a plus 75. That seems preposterous, but just wait. His three year peak from 69 to 72 is an 82 game average of 38 goals, 134 points. Plus one twenty three. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> and this man supposedly that played is defense. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I knew that he had the the it was a plus one hundred twenty eight was the record. Yeah, one hundred twenty four, one hundred twenty four, one hundred twenty four. So his like his peak adjustment is one hundred thirty four points per season. Yes. And plus one hundred twenty three. Yes. Wow, that's for three years. Yeah, that's that's it's preposterous. Those are like yeah. video, like those are numbers that only in Gretzky's era would you be like, oh, somebody could score that much. Yeah, like, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. yeah, like he just broke the mold, man. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the, the, he won the scoring title as a defenseman. Right there, you're just like, 
This is in fact, he did it twice. As we he did it twice. To there you go. Yeah. Just in case you were wondering how great he was. Yeah. Like, but well, it's, it's just like relative to competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's ever been anybody as dominant. Yeah. Well, it's Gretzky was ridiculous too, but I mean, at least he was a forward. Like you yeah. don't expect it from a defenseman. No, and you don't. Just like it was almost like, yeah, he could have played forward, but like what, I don't even know if his numbers would have been better playing forward. But he was just that dominant of a player where you're like, they have Phil Esposito on their team. Yeah. Again, arguably a top five center of all time, and far and away, Bobby was the best player on that team. Like ridiculous. And to give you an idea, we're like. A seventh of the way through the list of things. Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's really interesting too because he was so good that it makes me it makes me wonder about the seventy two series where if he had played, yeah, things might have been different. W- would it have been close? Would Canada have just cakewalked them because Bobby Orr was just unstoppably good? Yeah, and it's it's hard to say, right? Like, but I, I feel like Canada would have won by a couple of games, just given that they were missing the best player on the planet. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't have that dramatic, amazing moment. So maybe it's for the best, but you know, like it, 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 the, the 76 Canada cup, Canada won, you know, pretty, yeah, I mean, it's close. Uh, they, they, they had the Drazilla that they had to get past. who was playing with a really unorthodox style and drove everybody crazy, but they're like, Bobby Orr was playing on one knee at that point, and uh, like every player in the team's like far and away he was the best player on the ice, <laughs> like, yeah. and he was like super limited because of his knee. Like he couldn't yeah. do some of the stuff he used to do, and it's like he's still the best. Like we are going to so, get to that uh, eventually. <laughs> so when he retired, he was the second. Uh, he had the second most playoff goals of any defenseman. Um, I don't. Honestly, off the top of my head, I don't know who. Oh, it's Reg. Uh, I have listed Reg Kelly ahead of him, which doesn't make any sense because um, there's someone else other than Reg Kelly must have been ahead of him. But he, of course, he didn't play forever. So, and and the the Bruins had their share of uh, um, you know playoff disappointments. I'll put it my oh own. yeah yeah well uh, like we talked about Henri Richard before right the Habs yeah. were always in everybody's way back then so yeah so he was first all time among defensemen um, at his retirement. Uh, in assists, playoff assists, and he was 11th among uh, all players. He was also um, 18th um, in playoff points and tied first among defensemen as retirement. But keep in mind that this is 79. We're talking about not 75. So if I'd done this through 75, maybe he would have been first because, of course, there had been four years of him not making the playoffs or not being healthy because he missed the playoffs in um, – uh, he missed the playoffs in 76. Yeah, I think even though he just wasn't healthy and then he went to the Blackhawks where he played, you know, anyway, um, he missed a lot of time. Play- Sorry, I said earlier he played 26 games in two years. I mean, he played 26 games in three years because um, he, he was really, really hurt. Anyway, uh, so he's plus 60, which was third all time in his retirement, but behind some halves, I presume. And he, it was only in 74 games. 92 points in 74 games plus 60 in the playoffs. That is very impressive. He is third all time in playoff assists per game behind only Gretzky and Lemieux. He is first ahead of uh, among defensemen by 
0.16, so like a seventh of a point. He is 13th all-time in playoff points per game to this day. He is still the first defenseman uh, by less than a fifth uh, of, sorry, more than a fifth of a point by 0.22, so almost a quarter of a point. Also among defensemen, he is first all-time in playoff goals per game. That is not shocking to anyone. He is ahead by 0.05, so slightly less impressive. Of the 154 skaters to play in at least 41 games uh, between uh, 41 playoff games, sorry, between 66 and 79. Again, I stretched it out to 79. He's tied 26 in playoff goals, second defenseman. Tied 24th in playoff goals per game, second defenseman. Tied fourth in playoff assists, the second defenseman. First in playoff assists per game by 0.19, so almost a fifth of an assist. Sixth in playoff points, tied first defenseman. Second in playoff points per game, first defenseman by 0.26. That's over a quarter of a point. That's a lot. Third in playoff plus minus, tied 54th in playoff games. So, I mean, not quite the mind-blowing regular season numbers, but still very much, you know, the the best or second best offensive def- uh, defenseman of his era in the playoffs. And keep in mind, he was also, um, you know, his job was not just to score. Uh, yeah, g- g- given the uh, given the plus minus. Uh, which yeah. was relatively plus, close plus to 60. how much he actually scored, then yes, I would say. Uh... So, um, adjustment for era bumps him down only four points to 110 points for 82 games. <laughs> um, yeah. Per game, he is fifth all-time in adjusted assists per game behind only Gretzky, Bill Cowley, Mario Lemieux, and Peter Forsberg. He is eighth all-time in adjusted points per game. Among defensemen, he is first all-time in adjusted goals per game by 0.14. He is first all-time in adjusted assists per game by 0.23, which is almost a quarter of an assist a game. And most impressively, he is first all-time in adjusted points per game by 0.4, almost half a point per game ahead of whoever this next, probably Paul Coffey. It's just preposterous. Uh, Versus X... He is eighth all-time in versus X adjusted assists per game and 18th all-time in adjusted points per game. And that is among all players, not defensemen. All right. So he won the heart three times in 70, 71, 72. He's one of only four players ever to win the heart four, uh, three times. And they are um, Wayne Gretzky, uh, Gordie Howe, and Eddie Shore. He also... Uh, won the Consmith twice, and he's one of only six players to ever do that, and he's the only defenseman to ever win a Consmith twice. He won the Ted Lindsay only once, weirdly, which is like, I think this is sort of like his, the players deciding, hell, he's winning the heart in the Norris this year. Why would we vote for him? But I don't know. It is weird to me that he won yeah. one of those. It's bizarre. They were giving it to Esposito. They were giving it to like Jean Rattel, you know. Yeah, the Jean, like, come on, really? But it, it, it might have been like one of those, could have been one of those things where the like writers sometimes do, where they're like, well, we can't vote for him every time. He's yeah, like, but they well, only voted for him in his last full season, which is very weird. Really um, <laughs> I don't think we actually have the voting records. I think that's one of those awards that you don't get the voting records. But yeah, so it only, first of all, it only started in 71. So it went Espo, Rattel, Clark, Espo, and then him. Yeah, I agree with – well, I probably agree with the two Espos because probably Bobby Clark missed some games or whatever. Uh, sorry, Bobby Orr missed some games. I probably agree with – but the Jean Rattel one's probably bullshit. 
<laughs> I mean, the fact is, he didn't even win it one of the years he won the scoring title. That's insane. That's so it's going insane. on. That's the so, di- now I'm angry and like I didn't want him. How yeah. did I get mad during the Bobby Orr part? Should have been a slam dunk. Like, let's just praise him. Like now, I'm, now I'm mad if you can get that award. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Your he, fault, uh, yes, it's clearly my fault. So, of course, he won the Norris eight times, which is more than anyone else. Of course, you can quibble uh, with that. His 68 Norris is a little sketchy. Um, I think it's the 68 one that's a little sketchy. Yeah. Um, however, every uh, all other seven are, uh, there's no doubt. Um, he was top five in heart voting a further five times aside from the three he won. So eight, you know, the, the eight years you'd expect him to be. He was also yeah. top five in Norris voting the other time when Howell won. Um, and again, I think you can you can say probably didn't deserve it in his rookie year either because he also won the Calder that year. So who cares? You don't need the Norris. Yeah, yeah if I told him that's fine. Yeah. Um, we when we did our MVP series, we made him the MVP in in 69, 70, 71, 72, 74, and 75. You're counting that six years. Um, we also gave him the best player award distinct from the MVP, um, I think seven years, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, uh, you know, because it's Bobby Orr. He, of course, is the only defenseman to win the scoring title, and he did it twice in 70 and 75, his last full season. He was a first-team All-Star eight times, which is the fourth most by a defenseman behind Bork, Lidstrom, and Harvey. Notably, all of those guys played much longer than he did, especially Bork and Lidstrom. Um, he also, so in addition to his eight second or eight first teams, he made the second team once, which is quite funny. And that was when he won the Calder. Um, but it's the fourth most end of season all-star uh, team appearances behind Bork, Lindstrom, and Harvey among defensemen, of course. Yeah. He set the single season record for point shares by a player of any kind, including a goalie in 1970. He then broke his own record in 1971. He was the best player by point shares uh, five times um, in, uh, you know, 70, 71, 72, 73, and 75. And if you just give me a second, I can tell you how rare that is. Uh, I forgot to tell, I forgot to write that down um, because it's probably fairly rare. So just bear with me. Um, Five times is, is a lot. Uh, so it's it's actually fourth all time behind Gretzky, Bill Dernan, and Glenn Hall. Notably, two goalies and Wayne Gretzky are ahead of him on that list. I would say um, Bill Dernan. You don't hear that name every yeah, day. Yeah. He was a mute. Yeah. So he's, there's, a, there's an old tape my brother and I used to watch about the 88-89 Canadians. Yeah. And uh, Patrick Roy broke a record that had previously been held by Bill Dernan. And we're yeah. like, Bill Dernan? Who's this guy? <laughs> we had to like... And it was before the internet, so like you couldn't really just yeah, look yeah, it up. Yeah, like, you couldn't. Dad, like, who the hell's Bill Dern? And he's like, "Boy, you better ask your grandpa." Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like almost before my time, you know. Like, yeah, oh, and I mean, mean, I think he's one of those guys who like. Oh, it was he was a goalie in the thirties, right? I think. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Now, there's an arena named after him in Montreal. Yeah. Oh, forties. Sorry, the forties. Yeah. Um, he won Vesna's every year, but one he was in the NHL. So. Wow. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, now that was when it was the Jennings, but still. Um, so he was also a top five player uh, two other years in 69 and 74. Um, he set the single season record for defensive point series in 71. Uh, and he held that until 77 when Larry Robinson, the bastard, broke it. Uh, he was the best defensive player by defensive point shares four times in 71, 72, 74, and 75. He was hey, top five be, six uh, times. 
wait, wait, wait. I'm going to interrupt your stats around here. Okay. You be careful saying that about Larry Robinson. He might show up at your house and want some yeah. uh, business. That's true. That's true. <laughs> He's a tough I, man. I was joking, Larry. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, so he was also top five uh, twice more in 69 and 70, and he was top 10 uh, one more time in 73. He was, despite being a defenseman, uh, the best offensive player by offensive point shares twice in 1775. He is still the only defenseman to lead the league in offensive point shares, which makes sense. He was top yeah. five uh, a few other times in 71, 72, 73, and 74. So basically from 70 to 75, he was one of the best offensive players in the league, despite, or he was essentially the best offensive player in the league, despite being a defenseman. He somehow was in the top, top 10 in goals, uh, three times. The only other player to defenseman to do that is Harry Cameron, and that was in the 20s when you could do something like that. He was top <laughs> 10 in goals per game twice. The only other defenseman to do that. Want to guess? It's Harry Cameron. Wow. Uh, he set the single season record for goals by a defenseman, and he beat the record by eight goals. He then broke his own record uh, <laughs> the next year, and then uh, he did it again. Uh, in 75, uh, where he set uh, with 46, and of course that record stood for a decade until Paul for goals per game, uh, and and broke it multiple times, uh, and then that goals per game record stood until Paul Coffey as well. So of course he scored 45 goals once, and uh, Paul Coffey is the only defenseman ever do that, and we're sure it will never happen again. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm quite sure. He had he did thirty four scored thirty five goals three times. He's one of only two defensemen to ever do it. Paul Coffey's the other one. Of course, he was the only defenseman ever to do it as retirement. He's the only defenseman to ever score thirty goals five times. Thirty goals five times. He scored twenty five goals six times. He is one of only two defensemen ever. The other one being Paul Coffey. He scored twenty goals seven times. That's the only one where he has some competition. He's one of only six defensemen ever. And of course, that's because of the eighties existing and. Phil Housley, Paul Coffey, Brian Leach, people like that. Ray Bork. Yeah. He led the league in assists five times, which is the second most ever behind Wayne Gretzky. And of course, no defenseman has done this uh, more than twice. And guess who that defenseman was? Harry Cameron. Nobody does this. <laughs> he was top five in assists six times. He led the league in assists per game six times, which is tied for the second most ever behind Wayne Gretzky. He was top five seven times. He set the single season record for assists. He broke the previous record by 10 and the defenseman record by 37. But then he went and broke his own record by 15 and he held that record for 10 seasons and it was Gretzky who broke it. He also set the single season record for assists per game um, but, and then broke his own record a couple times and then Gretzky came along and broke it 10 years later. He had 100 assists once. He's one of only three players ever to do so. Gretzky and Lemieux being the others. He had 90 assists twice. There are only five players to have done this. They are Gretzky, Lemieux, Joe Thornton, and Adam Oates. Wow. He had 80 assists five times, and there are only three players to do this. Gretzky and Lemieux being the two others. 70, Holy 70 assists six times, and there are only four players to do this ever. Gretzky, Lemieux, and Coffey. Uh, 40 assists seven times. He's one of only 22D ever. And one of only 18 skaters ever at his retirement. And the only other defenseman who did that at his retirement was Park. Of course, at that point, he didn't play anymore. He led the league in points twice, which is the 10th most all-time. And only he's obviously only a defenseman to do this ever. He was top three in points 
six times, not top five, but top three. Uh, and uh, he's the only defenseman ever to do that, obviously. He led the league in points per game once, the only defenseman to do that, and top five, six times, only defenseman to do that, of course. He was actually, um, those top five, six times, he was actually top two all but one of those times. Of course, he set the single-season record for points uh, by a defenseman. He broke his own record by nearly doubling it. So he, he had 64 points, which was a, a record, and then he had 120 points the next season. And then, of course, he broke his record again um, by 19 the next year. Um, and, of course, he did the same thing with uh, points per game for defensemen. Um, it was over 20 years old, and he broke it by 0.42, or nearly half a point, um, which is crazy. He had 130 points twice. Uh, it's one of only 80 players ever, eight players ever, sorry. And obviously, he's the only defenseman. And at his retirement, only three players had ever done this, and the other two were Esposito and Lafleur. He had 120 points four times, one of only seven players ever, the only defenseman, of course, and at his retirement, is only Esposito and Lafleur who had done it. He had 110 points five times, one of only eight players ever again, the only defenseman again, and at his retirement again, the only two players to do it ever were Esposito and Lafleur. He scored 100.6 times, one of only 15 players ever. Again, the only defenseman. Coffey didn't do any of these things. And the only other player to do so at his retirement was Phil Esposito. He had 60.7 times, one of only 24 players ever at his retirement, and the only defenseman. Sorry to read all those through, but I think like it's the only real way of convening. Uh, like, no, no, I, 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 I completely, like, I, I just keep, like, every once in a while, I'm just like, I can't, I, I, I know how great he was, and I'm still like, I still can't believe it. Yeah. So he led the league in plus minus six times, which is the most all time. He was top five, eight times, which is the most all time. He has the third most top 10 plus minus finishes ever behind only Ray Bork and Wayne Gretzky, both of whom played a hell of a longer than Bobby Orr did and were healthier. Um, he set the single season record, as you pointed out, Bill, for plus minus more than doubling the previous record, um, which he had tied the previous season. And of course, that has never been broken. His versus XP has him as the 161st best goal scorer over for his best seven seasons. He is a defenseman. He is 161st. In terms of assists, his best seven, seven seasons rank second behind Wayne Gretzky. Wow. In terms of points, his best seven seasons rank fifth behind Gretzky, Esposito, Gordie Howe, and Mario Lemieux. He is a defenseman. His best 10 seasons, he's 213th in goals, so a little less impressive. He's 8th in assists and 16th in points. And this is a guy who didn't play 10 seasons, 10 full No, seasons. he didn't. Not 10 healthy ones. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, he won two Stanley Cups and two Conn Smythes. In 72, he led the playoffs in assists and points. Um, and in 70, with the one the one where you could quibble about Espo having a better case, he only led the playoffs in plus minus. In 70, he was also very much the best player in 74, where he led the playoffs in assists. Uh, they also uh, made the final four in 69. Of course, like Bill said, they ran into the Habs. For uh, the uh, Canada Cup in 1976, he was the MVP despite playing on one leg, um, as you pointed out, Bill, and he mm -hmm. co led that tournament in points despite playing on one leg. I, I can think of, I think, one quibble, one, one devil's advocate thing 
And that it's is going to make me mad, isn't it? Well, that is, I guess you could argue that if he is really the greatest or second greatest hockey player of all time, he should have won more cups. Oh, well, yeah. But they run into the greatest hockey team of all time. The 70s Habs won like what? Six cups? They did win six cups. Yes. That's insane. Oh, like, and like, come on. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm, this is the only thing I can come up with. Um, but don't forget. Oh, too, sorry. Like, there's one other thing. Teams? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So the other thing is I saw on uh, the Hockey History Forum, I saw someone point out that his plus minus in his career, like the Bruins would beat really shitty teams by like six goals and he would be plus six in all those games. So people have claimed that his plus minus is inflated by adding stats. He's just the master of running up the score. But I was going to say, amazing. (laughs) I was going to say the other thing you want to say is like what they shouldn't have scored. But they should have yeah. like stopped scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's, that's um, wow. That's I man, that's a stupid argument. I think you know, you can say Wayne Gretzky was far and away the best offensive player ever. I think we, we talked about that in our Gretzky episode. Yeah. It's it's very clear. Um the people who think it's Lemieux, I think you should listen to our Lemieux and Gretzky episodes because we talked about it. Um yeah. I but, think like, I, I still think Lemieux could have really given those numbers a run if he was healthier. But, yeah, that's that's true. But like he's so far behind Gretzky in total. Right, well, Gretzky's just preposterous. But at yeah. the same time, if Lemieux was healthy, the thing was that he, like Lemieux sort of by about three years missed being in the exact same era. Yeah. So he missed three years of just bananas scoring where you can't make up the difference because he played in the – I mean, he retired because of the clutch and grab. Like he just yeah. couldn't stand it anymore. It's like I mean, I, well. I think I think you could absolutely say that adjusted, he might have had some kind of case. Yes. Yeah, I don't think it. But totals, I, I don't think, think he could do it. He was say he's like a thousand points behind. They both started in the NHL at like in eighty in eighty eighty one kind of thing. I yeah. think it would have been closer, but again, we we talked about it, right? Like the Mew yeah. had the back issues from like day one. Yeah. Like. Even before, even before he, you know, overcame cancer and that whole derailment to his career and incredible comeback that he had, he he had back issues. Like in like the late '80s, he'd have to have people tie up his skates. He couldn't even tie up his own skates. Like so, it, and then Gretzky eventually had back problems too because he got boarded by uh, Gary Suter. But um, like you know, it was like Lemieux's physical limitations, like his his size gave him a huge advantage but he paid for it in terms of like back problems and just not always being healthy. Yeah. Anyway. anyway um, <laughs> I, I think that like, or did things that no other person playing his position has ever done and could see can conceivably ever do now at this yeah. point, like the closest person who came to any of this stuff was coffee. And you actually look at how he ranked like, among his peers and it's lower well yeah but i also mean just offensively like you know um coffee was like yeah he he'd have like the third most points in his in the league but like he was outscored by his teammate you know by a lot um and i don't know i just also like you know the whole rest of like the nhl history people have been trying to find not only have defensemen changed their game completely but people have been trying to find the next door to bobby Orr, right like yeah whether it's pont whether it's coffee whether it's carlson uh 
Brett Burns, you know, whoever. Kale McCarr is the next one. Yeah, yeah, or Kale McCarr this year. Yeah, absolutely. He might, he might be able to do it if he stays healthy. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, like you have, you know, this sort of – he completely changed the position and did things that like – you know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense that someone. Yeah, well, and the thing, it wasn't just that he changed the way the position was played because I feel like Doug Harvey had already started that snowball rolling, but just the level at which he did it was preposterous. And the, the way that I always sort of explain it when people are like, and it's, it's actually got a modern take on it when people are like, so what do you think of like people are like, oh, like you have a hockey podcast. You're a big hockey guy. But like, yeah, yeah I'm in like a whole bunch of fantasy leagues and blah, 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 blah. And that's, you know, the Canucks suck, but I still like watching everybody else. And when I when I'm not doing master's courses, I'm always watching hockey, you know, but it's like. Yeah. They ask they always ask me, like, so what do you think of McDavid? And I'm like. I imagine this is what it was like, like from the footage I've seen. Yeah. This is what it was like to watch Bobby Orr, where it's like, did did he come from the future? Like, yeah. did they give did they give him better skates than everybody else? Because he yeah. is just going around people like they're standing still. Yeah. And especially in this day and age, what McDavid's doing, where like everyone's an elite athlete, it's like, holy shit, dude! Like, you're just, I don't know what your what your training regimen is. I don't know how you figured this out, or just like at what age you were athletic enough and got the right training to get that level of skating where just no one can touch you but it feels like Bobby Orr was at that level and like people watch it and they're just like yeah well everybody was like skating like shit and falling down and stuff but like have you ever like put on a pair of tube skates because I have my dad you know my, my dad when when my feet hit seven and a half my dad had an old pair of lange skates from the 70s that he kept and I, I wasn't playing organized hockey at that point. Like I was just like playing out on ponds with my friends, like on their little rivers and stuff. So it was like, these fit you, you're wearing them. So I played with them and you like, you can barely turn in those things they are horrible. And yeah. you watch Bobby Orr in them. And it's like, it looks like he's wearing tuck skates, but I just did the research and the tuck blade was invented in 1976. <laughs> so, um, so he, he was playing on uh, those old tube skates, which was basically the innovation that existed since the 30s. And I mean, it obviously got a little better, a little bit lighter, all that stuff. But it's like a metal tube that holds a blade. It's so hard to turn in them. And just like straight line speed is like you can get going pretty good. But like to try to turn and do any sort of backward scale, all that stuff is so hard. And like I, like I said, I, I skated outside for one season in them. And when my feet got bigger, I was so happy. I'm like, oh, sweet, I'm going to get better skates. <laughs> like, they're horrible. And so, like, it's kind of the thing. Like, when you watch McDavid now where it looks like he's just skating on a, a different level than everyone in the league, that's the first time I saw him skate. I'm like, oh, that reminds me of Bobby Orr where it's like he's so much better than everybody else when it comes to skating that, like, yeah. the rest of the game is just, you know, like, I'm, and he has games where you see him start to go and you're like, oh, he's going to take over this whole game. Like, he just he's unstoppable. And I'm sure it's, it's what my parents used to talk about. They're like, oh, if you saw Bobby Orr play, like there were games where he just, he had the puck the whole game. Like he just couldn't take it off. And I'm like, yep, if, if McDavid were a defenseman, then I think maybe we're getting to McCarr being in a few years because defensemen take a little while sometimes. 
he he might be able to and i mean just he just won the con smythe and <laughs> the norris and every award possible but i'm just it's saying, probably okay he, already he, he could might be like he could get to the point where you're like that guy's the mcdavid on d kind of thing so uh but that's um, sort of what i think of with bobby orber it's like like legitimately it looks like he might be from the future sometimes when he skates where you're like that's is that even possible <laughs> like it's insane so yeah, I mean, I, I don't have that insight because I've never really skated. I skated a couple times in my life when I was a kid, and then I hated it, so I stopped. Um, <laughs> Smart man. Yeah. Uh, so I understand these are, like, really not accurate, but um, Hockey Reference has a similarity score thing, and I guess they restrict them by position because, like, it wouldn't be fair to compare most defensemen. Yeah. But, like, the closest player to Bobby Orr through – Hit for his career for sorry through 12 years which is career um is eddie shore at 63 percent and for the whole career it's eddie shore at 59 percent and basically what it does is they they put um their best to worst seasons next to each other so what Hmm. they're saying is like no but no defenseman was within was closer than 63% 63% in terms of the dominance in terms of point shares, of course. So being on a winning team helps like you will not find Phil Housley on this list, Yeah, but um, you know, it's, it's uh, like, he was so far ahead of everybody else. No, I, I don't know what it would be calculated for Gretzky. It would be with Gretzky and Gordy Howe. It would be interesting to see because of course mm-hmm. they, they also, uh, they put up point share numbers that would be similar. But like it's just like showing how far above his competition he is. Like it's just like nobody is a comp for him yeah. in there. Yeah. No defenseman is a comp for him so far, um, at least in terms of point shares. Now, obviously, that's a flawed metric. Uh, you know, winning winning records, all that stuff, regular season, all that stuff. But like it's not even close. Like he's so you know, you look at his uh, his point shares, he gets a down below. Eddie Shore's best season in his sixth best season. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's insane. You know, yeah. and, and the same is true of Paul Coffey or Pavan or Bork. You know, in fact, Bork, it's even Bork was like consistent longer, arguably. Oh, not arguably was. Um, but like Bork, it's even it's more, it's his seventh best season. And the same thing with uh, Brian Leach and Red Kelly and Larry Robinson yeah. and anyway. Yeah, just- it, it, everything he did was preposterous and it's yeah. just like it's just like when you like like i said the only thing i can compare it to where i've noticed because because i didn't see gretzky's whole career right like I, yeah. I sort of started really watching hockey when gretzky was just re, like reaching the end of his peak and then slowed down yeah there's a few years of lemieux where it was just like that guy's unstoppable but like seeing mcdavid is like a oh like that's like when you watch him it's it's not the stats. It's visible that like, holy shit, that guy's like a better skater than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Like just, yeah. it's ridiculous how good he is. And that's everybody who, you know, everybody who's like my parents age, you talked about Bobby Orr, but always say like, Oh, you should have seen Bobby Orr skate. Like it was yeah. like, well, I think, I think I'm kind of seeing a second coming of it in a way, but yeah. like, you know, like McDavid, like if anybody, they, like a lot of people will say like, oh, if McDavid played back then, he scored 500 points. But like, well, you can't give him today's technology yeah, and yeah, training yeah. and all that stuff. But like in terms of relative to his competition, 
I think he's the one who has a chance to be that just that much better than everybody he played with than Bobby Orr was, right? So Yeah. Yeah. All right. So to wrap up, how do you feel about Harry Howell? No. Yeah, I'm I'm agreed. I think no. I think you can probably take his Norris away from him. I mean yeah. I mean you can quibble about it, but especially if you do, he doesn't belong. And even if you don't, it's like really we want Come like on. one time award winners who were a first team all star once in their career. Um just, just because Kevin Lowe's in doesn't mean we can just like say everybody else was okay. <laughs> All right, Henri Richard. Yeah, Slender. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then of course, um, it's Bobby or it's just yeah. the greatest hockey player of all time. Yeah, I think he should yeah. probably be. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> all right. So that's it for us. Uh so next episode we will either do the 78 class. Um or we are going to eventually do one of our winger or center lists, but uh, probably just the 78 class, <laughs> but we'll probably, see. But yeah. you never know. You never know. Yeah. All right. So uh, thanks again for listening to this episode and we will see you next time. Take care.